Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to lock on to your favorite college and NFL prospects, powered by the brand that you come to know and trust, Destination Debbie. Welcome to the Elite Seekers Fantasy Football Podcast. Now introducing our host, the creator of the Elite Seekers Podcast. He goes by the name of Ben Eby. You can find him on all social media platforms at the Ben Eby. You ready to take flight? We locked on, ladies and gentlemen. Smash that subscribe button. Let's get them trophies brought back to the hotel. Here we go. Hey, what's going on, Elite Seekers? It is episode 56, and this week we are going to take a little bit of a break from the Elite Region Series. We are getting down there to the final few regions to really talk about and let you know who the best are of the high school class of 2023. But thanks to uh, Lee out there in London, in the UK, reaching out, he wanted me to uh, go over some of my rankings for this year's true freshman. So these are going to be guys that are NFL draft eligible in 2025. So my official 2025 ranking. So I figured, hey, you know what? It is draft time. We got the NFL draft coming up this week. It's hard to believe that is here already as well. So make sure you're tuned into Destination Debbie Radio and, and all of the great content that everybody is putting out there for you on this team. It's just really a fun week for us. Uh, there's been a lot of prep. You go through those slow months of the offseason. But now things really start to ramp up as you figure out who, who these guys are going to be playing for, where their opportunities are, and you really just kind of uh, get the last puzzle piece uh, to figure out where you're going to rank some of these NFL rookies. But for us, it's all about the 2025 NFL draft rankings today. And uh, for those of you participating in Debbie, uh, Debbie leagues and Debbie teams and, and C2C leagues and all the above, this should help out a little bit. It's going to be uh, you know, what we project for our rankings as where guys will end up uh, at the NFL level in 2025. So it's going to be fun. So we're going to split this into two shows. This show is going to go over quarterbacks as well as running backs. The next show will go over wide receivers and tight ends. As we know, there's a ton of super flex leagues out there, so quarterbacks are super important. Uh, But there's also a lot of tight end premium leagues, and most of my leagues nowadays are tight end premium as well. I think it just creates a great balance there. So you know, to each their own. But that is why I think going over tight ends is really, really important. And, you know, I think quarterbacks and tight ends are probably one of the harder uh, groups, both of them, uh, to project in the long run. But we're going to do our best with all the information. I think we do pretty well for you. So be locked in, grab that notepad, grab that pen, and be ready to take some notes here. We are going to tell you our top five from each of these positions, starting with quarterbacks today. It's no surprise here. If you have been locked on to Elite Seekers for the last year, you know who my top quarterback is in this class, and it's it's been that way all along. That goes out to Cade Klubnick, now at Clemson, the six foot three hundred and eighty six pound quarterback out of Austin, Texas, is such a star at every level. I mean, high school wise, looking at the championships there looking at being directly in the shadow of Quinn Ewers until Quinn Ewers decided to reclass uh, to the year before, Um, going from Elite 11 to All-American to now battling with DJU at Clemson for that starter role. As I've spoken about already, I do believe DJU is the front runner, and and everything's pointing that way to become the starting quarterback this year at Clemson. Uh, But we saw how much he struggled last year. He comes in 20 pounds lighter. He looks dedicated. 
We know he has a crazy amount of arm talent, but Cade is special. He is really, really special. And I think you're going to see Cade Klubnik as a starter no later than week eight versus Syracuse. Then they get the bye week. Then they go into a Notre Dame game. That's why I believe it won't happen during the bye week. I think it'll happen a little bit sooner than that. Could be a week or two before. Just to allow him to settle into a little bit of an easier game. I think Notre Dame uh, is definitely a, a big time challenge for, for that club. You know, we don't know what direction Clemson will go. Their offense was just horrendous last year. And I think regardless of DJU losing 20 pounds, Cade Klubnik comes out there and he is a guy that just has some escapability, a lot of athleticism to his game. He's a big time leader, can make all of the throws. And by the end of the summer, even, even Coach Dabo said, hey, I really believe this kid is going to fill out in his frame by August. And if that's the case, wow, we're really watching someone um, that's going to be pushing DJU and probably getting on the field for packages here and there, uh, which will allow him to showcase as well as get some experience. But Number one for an easy, easy one, um, you know, for these quarterback positions for me was Cade Klubnik, and it's not changing anytime soon. I promise everybody who's not on board with that right now uh, probably will be at some point over the next year and a half. Now from two on, it gets a little bit more spicy, but for me, number two right now is Connor Wiegman at Texas A&M. He's six foot two, two hundred eight pounds, so. A really good build coming out. He's out of Cypress, Texas. He's just a superior competitor and big-time athlete. You watch him play. He's explosive. He can do it all. He has an elite-level ceiling at both football and baseball, so that's something to monitor. But I really like these guys that come up playing baseball, um, you know, transition into that quarterback role or playing it at the same time because I think it allows them to look at the game a lot differently and be able, able to make some throws that you wouldn't see the uh, prototypical quarterback. Uh, be able to make. And, and Connor Wiegman definitely has all of those tools. You watch what Texas A&M is putting on the field right now, and I think they've just been a quarterback short for a little while. He is someone that's going to push for some playing time early and, and probably often in, in certain packages, you know, whether it's short yardage situations to start or, you know, whatever they got to do to get this kid up to speed. I think he has an elite, elite ceiling. Um, with that running ability, that dual threat ability, and you just watch how everybody responds to him. Similar to Cade Klubnik in that fashion, but he's a lot more athletic than that. Um, and again, just an ultimate competitor. Uh, I would probably compare him a little bit to me, to a Caleb Williams type player. Um, and, and I think that ceiling is the same. So Connor Wiegman, number two for me. Uh, and that's pretty easy looking at the upside of this kid. One. Now this guy, number three, Drew Alar, six foot five, two hundred thirty-two pounds, out of Medina, Ohio, at Penn State, and tools, tools, tools is what I have written down. This kid really has all of the ability in the world. He's compared to Josh Allen by a lot of places, a lot of recruiting services out there. But I do think it will take some time for him to adjust to the college game, just in terms of you know overall reads and decision making. But I really, really love the upside. I think, again, he comes in at that six foot five, 230-pound-plus stature. Uh, he's just a load to bring down. He's not going to be a dual-threat guy, but he has decent legs. And, and I think the arm is just an absolute cannon, as you would expect from a quarterback of his size. But Drew Allar is number one on a lot of people's boards out there. When you check out the Twitter space, uh, you know, when you go out there and look at some of these uh, other recruiting services or, or articles about this incoming true freshman class. I think 
Drew Alar is a guy that a lot of people are enamored with, and, and rightfully so, because again, he just has all of the makings of somebody who could become a first-round elite-level quarterback and challenge for a top spot in this class. So Drew Alar is someone I really like and I think will help Penn State uh, get back to the, the promise years, you know, and, and really raise the level of this overall program to where they've been wanting to be um, for quite some time now. So mark that name down. I really believe in him, and I think there's a lot of upside. Different type of quarterback than the first two we spoke of, but big-time immense upside there. I think whenever you're talking about Alabama, you got to pay attention to what's going on there. And you got to remember, these are going to be high risk, high reward uh, players because there's so much competition in Alabama. There's so much of a risk of the transfer portal happening, which is not always a bad thing, but it's something you have to keep in mind. And so number four for me is Ty Simpson, the five star quarterback who's now at Alabama, if he eventually becomes a starter over a guy like Jalen Milrow, who I really, really like. I think um, Jalen Milrow's athleticism is just unreal, and the word on the street is that he's just developing nicely as a passer. Um, Then I definitely see a future uh, for this guy, for Ty Simpson, to be a dual-threat Heisman candidate. He really can do it all. He has the wheels. He has great arm. He can throw from sideline to sideline with zip. He has a really great deep ball. And uh, again, if you become the starter at Alabama, you're going to be a Heisman candidate. It's just how it goes. You have so many weapons around you. You have to take notice when a guy like this ends up committing and knowing he's going to go into a program with a ton of competition there. So Ty Simpson, a a guy that I think is going to fall off of a lot of people's radars just because you kind of get buried on that depth chart there. Um, But again, if he makes it to the top there and and he really comes out and, and just plays like he can once he becomes a starter or if he becomes a starter and you're talking about a Heisman level candidate and that's always someone you have to be paying attention to. My number five quarterback jumps quite ahead uh, compared to most people's rankings and that's all right with me. That's Nick Evers, the Oklahoma quarterback out of Flower Mound, Texas. He's six foot 390 pounds and he's just so smooth. When you watch him, I do believe he has the best deep ball touch in this class. He just consistently lays it out there. It really reminds me of a Russell Wilson type deep ball. Um, You know, he just really had a great rapport with his teammates. He really understood the speed of his different receivers. And it didn't matter, you know, the pressure in his face or whatnot. He was able to just lay it out there, allowing these receivers to go out there and make the catch. He has good size, good athleticism. Um, And again, he's just a natural talent. I think. There's going to be some development to, to go there as far as, you know, frame and body go. Uh, but I also think that, you know, he's in a good spot for that. Oklahoma has now opened up. There's a lot more opportunity. Having Lincoln Riley have moved on as well as a bunch of the recruits that were originally going to go there. Um, he's going to get a chance to sit this year under a veteran quarterback that I think is uber talented himself. And I just think it's a good situation for Nick Evers. And I really believe in the talent there. So you watch his game again, just a smooth athlete. Really just seems comfortable playing out there. And, and I think a year of developing in this Oklahoma system will be a lot of fun and allow his ceiling to just continue to raise. You know, he's a guy that's going to be a riser. He's already a riser for me, and I expect that to be the same as his college career goes on. So get ahead of everybody in your leagues right now on Nick Evers. Target, on in three, two, one. 
Right now, there's no need to get cute, no need to get fancy. The top running back in this 2025 class is Nick Singleton. I mean, six foot, 210 pounds out of Reading, Pennsylvania at Penn State. He's just a home run potential every single time he touches the ball. Sub 11 second, 100 meter dash already with just elite vision and elite contact balance. You love to see how he finishes every single run. He's just powering forward. He keeps those feet moving. And uh, it's just, you know, a guy that likes to finish off these runs with force. Like, that's what it comes down to. You know, if you can make guys miss and then you get guys that have a little bit of a, little bit of a bad angle and you go out there and just punish them, you know, by the third and fourth quarter, you're ripping off 50, 60-yard runs. And that's what Nick Singleton has done. And I really think with that size and that ability and that speed and that entire package all together, that's what he's going to do at Penn State. They got themselves a special, special talent to go along with another special talent in this class who didn't make the top five us, Katron Allen, out of IMG Academy. I think Penn State knows what they're doing, and they are looking to punish guys uh, as well as they can and going forward and then bringing in a big six foot five quarterback in Drew Alar. So Nick Singleton will have an amazing career at Penn State. I have no doubt in my mind. And uh, him and this next running back are the top tier for me, and it's, it's pretty, uh, you know, it's pretty gapped after that i think there's some great talent after that but it's a lot different when you're talking about the full complete package it's nick singleton plus my number two guy now number two is a running back out of houston texas who i think is more of a you know what have you done for me lately situation it just blows my mind he's fallen out of the top 10 and majority of uh, the national recruiting sites and it's kind of silly to me. It's just because Jadon Blue did not play his senior season. Five foot eleven, two hundred and five pounder, who's just a consistent big play machine. And uh, he was the top running back in the class until sitting out that senior season. He has quick feet and an ability to really anticipate what the defenders are going to do. And then people are just—they're just going to have to remember this name. He gets on the field. He's going to be behind Bajan Robinson, and that's fine. You got to spell a player like Bajan Robinson. I think when you bring on Jadon Blue and see what he can do, it's going to be fun. And I think the Texas Longhorn fans are going to really love this guy and, and you know, love to see what he can do, especially with limited touches this year, as I expect behind Bijan. But Jadon Blue is as talented as they come. You want to see a little bit more out of the receiving uh, piece for him, but I think he's in a great situation with Coach Sark, really loving to feed uh, the running backs from the passing game. So that's going to be a great spot for him to develop and show what he can do. I don't think it's an ability issue at all. I just think it was an opportunity thing based on his high school career. But Jadon Blue, along with Nick Singleton, are my top tier of running backs in this 2025 class. And then, it, then it's a little bit uh, you know, more sketchy after that. I think there's some great, great talent. But these two are the top of the mountain for me, and I expect them to be there when it's all said and done in the 2025 NFL Draft. Now, as I told you, there was a top tier, but now these other guys have, have really great ceilings, like really great ceilings, potentially elite ceilings, especially with how you're seeing the NFL game translate. And that's because of the receiving ability and the speed that these guys bring to the table. They're just playmakers. At the end of the day, they're weapons, they're playmakers. You don't even know how they'll be used, but I can promise you if they are getting the ball, big things will happen. There'll be many touchdowns, there'll be many yards, and teams will win a lot of games. So at number three, I have Gavin Sachuk, the 5'11", 185-pounder 
out of Littleton, Colorado. He's going to Oklahoma. He has elite speed and game-breaking ability, both on the ground and through the air. He may be the best receiving running back in this class um, and, and just someone that can carry the load. You, you see a lot of these receiving running backs. You're not sure are they going to eventually become a wide receiver. Are they going to play out of the slot? What are they going to do? But I think Gavin Sawchuk has the frame to carry the load as well and, and be able to do that for a long time. Probably in the mold of someone like an Elijah Mitchell right now. So, um, you know, I think the ceiling may be even higher than that if he fills out and becomes a 205, 210-pound running back, which is absolutely in the realm when you're talking about an 18-year-old kid right now. So Gavin Sachuk, special, special ability, extreme speed, and someone that you got to pay attention to at Oklahoma this year. I believe he'll be on the field uh, early and often as, you know, you need these type of guys that can just bust open the game for you. At number four, I have the six foot 185 pound running back out of Hartford, Alabama. That is Emmanuel Henderson, who's going to Alabama. He's just a big framed, otherworldly athlete, both on the basketball court and on the football gridiron. I think Emmanuel Henderson um, has been knocked just for his competition level. Hartford, Alabama is a town of less than 3,000. So, you know, going out there and performing like he did over 2,000 yards and over 40 touchdowns multiple times, you're looking at a kid that just tore up the competition and people say, hey, well, why didn't he transfer? Why didn't he go to IMG or, or some of these other big schools to show what he could do against better competition? But, hey, the kid just loved his hometown. He loved his friends he grew up with. He didn't want to abandon them. So you got to respect that a little bit. I think he's a true leader, an ultimate competitor. Um, you know, when he focuses on only football at Alabama, that's going to be a big deal for him. And the kid's not afraid of competition. If he was, he wouldn't be choosing Alabama. He would be choosing a lesser school. He understands the assignment. He understands what needs to happen once he steps onto the football field with these bruisers and, and these other five stars at Alabama. So Emmanuel Henderson is a guy that I want to watch. We know what Alabama can do with running backs, especially bigger running backs. So coming in as a guy with a six foot one frame, I'm really excited for that. He's been clocked at a four three five forty already at that size. There's a lot of potential, and again, just an ultimate competitor. So let's give this kid a shot. He truly has the ability to break into that top tier with Singleton, with Blue, and I think the the talents there is never going to be a talent issue. It's going to come down to can he continue to develop and fill out and learn how to play the game uh, against SEC top talent every single day. But Emmanuel Henderson at number four has as an elite of a ceiling as any of the other guys we've already mentioned. So pay attention to him. And last up, we're going to call this guy a weapon. He's five foot eight, 185 pounds, so people are going to knock him. Coming out of Santa Ana, California, that's Relic Brown out of USC. He's undersized. I don't care. He's five foot eight. That's the narrative. It shouldn't be, though. It should be how electric this kid is. He really looks like Tyreek Hill out there playing out of the backfield all over again. And I think that's what type of weapon you're going to see Lincoln Riley use him as. He's going to be moved all over the field. He's going to get on the field early. And when you watch him, just his, his elite change of direction skills and his elite burst, he, he's just incredible to watch. He's so much fun. And I don't think that USC has had a guy with this type of ability since 
Reggie Bush. And, and I say that lightly. I understand Reggie Bush had, you know, a bigger size and all that. But Rayleigh Brown has the potential to go out there and just put up highlight after highlight after highlight and, and really lead his team to big time wins. And, and that's the type of guy I hope he develops into. Um, with that small stature, he's just an overall weapon. I don't know if he'll be a running back at the end of the day or wide receiver, but I don't think it really matters. I think he can play wherever you need him to. He has the hands. He has the ability. He has the route running skills already. Uh, he'll just continue to get better. This kid is a hard worker. He's electric. He's going to be playing in front of the, the home crowd, and I think that goes a long way for development as well. So coming in at number five is Riley Brown at USC. So again, shout out to Lee out there in London for reaching out to me and asking me to do some rankings on this 2025 class. We will go over wide receivers and tight ends next week and kind of finish this one out for you just to kind of get you prepped for any of those drafts you have coming up in the Debbie world. But hopefully that helps a little bit going into the top five at each position. Won't go much deeper than that, but you can always reach out to me, ask me questions because I'm definitely searching up a lot of guys and just for the 20 minutes, I, I don't have time to get in. Um, you know, further than that, aside from doing these elite region series, that's kind of really the bread and butter for us. But reach out anytime at the Ben Eby on Twitter. It is time for the quote of the show. So let's go ahead and get right into that. If you don't go after what you want, you'll never have it. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. If you don't step forward, you're always in the same place. Hope that one hits for you. Definitely going into NFL draft week. But again, I appreciate everybody rocking with us. We'll finish up the second half of this episode for you next week and uh, as always thank you again for rocking with elite seekers that's all we got elite seekers out